thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. We have a very special guest, actually a lot more different than my other guests, but this is a lot more interesting because it adds a lot more layers of complexity to who you are as a person. And just right off the bat, can you introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. It's your girl, Jackie Faye. I'm from Dallas, Texas. I am a musician. I'm a rapper. So go check me out. Check out all my music videos out there. And yeah, it's good to be here with you today, Christine. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, you're like the first person that I have that's in the music industry. So it's going to be a lot more interesting to hear because I don't know anything about it. So just listening more about your journey could be a lot more interesting, kind of like your adventures and even like balancing your full time job. I'm like, how do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not even in the music industry like that. I just like I've just started to try and get my feet wet into doing Mm -hmm. music like seriously so okay but, okay that makes sense yeah I just want to make it clear I'm no expert on the music industry whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> but indie or not you're still like a creative so that way you are writing your own music right you're yes. writing your own lyrics as well yes ma'am wow that's, it is. that's like the best part that's the best part about it actually mm-hmm. um writing I guess like um there's I feel like in order to be an artist right now you have to do a bunch of things like you have mm. to sort of have a marketing hat for social media stuff then you kind of have to have an interview hat for this kind of stuff. And then you also have to focus on like the basics of being an artist, which is like actually your craft and your yeah. writing and your emoting, if that's, you know what <laughs> I mean? The, the ability to emote whatever you're feeling. So mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, it, it's really interesting uh, that you have to kind of be all that, those things as an artist, even now, mm-hmm. especially anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Do you get some help because you have a manager, right? Or do you still have to do all of that yourself? Um, so shout out to Ashley, my manager, <laughs> really quick. Yeah, so I have, right now I would say I'm pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, the team is just like homies that I asked to come through for specific things. And Ashley, for example, is my manager. Shout out to her. She's amazing. She helps me like book gigs, interviews, and like put my music out there and just connect me with people. Um, Because part of the battle is really just like getting your music in front of people. And then the other half is getting them to listen to it. Um, But then, yeah, it's kind of her. But then sometimes I I ask my homies who know, like have a really good camera to come through and be like, hey, we're we're doing a video shoot. Come through. Can you come (laughs) through? Because I don't have a camera (laughs) and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. right now it's pretty like uh, it's a small operation, but it's a it's a cool one. We move. We move solid. Mm -hmm. All right. So I do have this question uh, that I asked to all my podcast guests. I'm curious about your answer on this is if you had all the time in the world, what would you be doing? Oh, dang. I don't know. Probably music, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably sitting there writing music, playing with a guitar. I don't know. Um, that's probably what I would be doing. Oh, you play guitar, too? Uh, well, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best. No, I just like the way it sounds. Yeah, I've been mm-hmm. playing since... Like I got one when I was a kid and you just, mm-hmm. you just look up YouTube videos. My mom was never like, here's money for lessons. <laughs> so as I started making money as an adult, I started trying to like take lessons. And stuff. Mm-hmm. So I try my best. Yeah. But yeah, if I had all the time in the world, it'd be cool to just, cause I feel like with art, like the reason why people can spend so much time on it and like get really lost in the sauce of creating mm-hmm. a, like an art product, if you will is because they want it to be perfect, like a perfect mm. representation of what they're trying to say or whatever. And you, it really can take you forever. Like the smallest thing that doesn't make any difference really to the listener. Um, but yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> side rant, <laughs> side rant. I'm curious, but how did you first get into music? Was it something you were raised under or did something spark it? That's a good question. I think I've, I've been around music since I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, like my, since I, yeah, since I was young, I can remember my mom playing music all the time my sister playing music all the time. My grandparents playing music all the time. Like wow. he was, yeah, my, my dad had um, also like a recording studio. Ooh. So he would like record these like Taiwanese, like people <laughs> in LA and, you know, for the community, I guess. And like would put together these like CDs and he would like burn CDs and, you know, stick stickers on them and put them into like the cases and like <laughs> sell them. I, I don't know where, I honestly have no idea where he sold them, like at the market or whatever. So there was that from like a studio standpoint and then also just musically, like the typical Asian like piano lessons until mm-hmm. like maybe the third grade. And then, yeah, just being around like music all the time because people would always play it. Like my mom was Delilah Radio and then my sister was 97.9 K104 Hip Hop. And then wow. my grandpa was always playing like uh, Teresa Tang, <laughs> the legend. And then, yeah, my mom watched a lot of like uh, Korean like music mm-hmm. shows so like music bank and all that stuff like mm-hmm. oh yeah I know that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah so well like they used to they used to um back in the day like before like maybe the 2000s they used to like record them on VHS tapes mm. like when Blockbuster was around and you would go to like the Korean Blockbuster and you would rent like music bank <laughs> and she would like yeah she would like watch them and I'd be like wow like this is amazing and you know it was like Sonia Shida and like all these other people so mm-hmm. I'd say yeah I, I guess like I've just been around it and I've always loved it and I've always liked doing it yeah so if they're in music, do they actually support you doing whatever you're doing? Because I feel like most Asians are like, you need to be an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor. <laughs> well, I am technically an engineer. Maybe that's why they can't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think for the most part, I mean, there's still an element of, hey, like, be careful. Like, yeah, you got to eat, I think, because they just come from like a different generation. But mm-hmm. they're pretty supportive. And I think the fact that... Um, I'm doing it. I'm not hurting anyone by doing it. You know, like I can still, I'm still paying my mom's phone bills at the end of the day. Like I'm I'm good, you know? So yeah, it's been really nice having to, having them support me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in the rest of this episode, we're going to uncover a lot, but what is something that most people don't know about you? I'm like a caveman. What I mean is like, I'm not, I can survive in the wild. Mm -hmm. I feel like just doing nasty, dirty shit, like not, like not showering for a week or something like that (laughs) but anyway yeah that's about it you gotta do Uh, what you gotta do (laughs) yeah exactly like I will do some like janky shit um because yeah anyway yeah Mm -hmm. I'm like a caveman (laughs) (laughs) so you mentioned earlier that you were also an engineer or you are currently an engineer actually so you studied engineering by day you're a data engineer by night you're a rapper so first off why engineering was it because of your parents or you actually genuinely wanted to do it at the time uh yeah it was definitely not because of my parents okay I kind of grew up um a little bit atypical from that uh Asian American story Mm -hmm. even though I think most Asians do push like the doctor engineer thing I think we tend to like think of Asian when we think Asian we think like East (laughs) Asian we think PhD Asian you know we're not talking about all the other different kinds of so (laughs) 
so my family uh, is like a working class family, meaning mm-hmm. like we were we came from the restaurant. So it wasn't like they were super edu- like educated and come from a background of education. Um, damn, I just spilled my coffee. <laughs> anyway, um, and so they wanted me to to pursue higher education and college and stuff like that, but they didn't. They weren't like super like you need to do this. Mm-hmm. I think because um, they didn't know how to mm-hmm. like. Like they, they wouldn't be like, I'd be like, hey, mom, I'm having trouble with my calculus. She'd be like, I don't know what the fuck this is, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, and so she wanted, there was a pressure to be like, hey, go to college and mm-hmm. just do it. But there was no specific like, hey, you need to do this, this, this yeah. and this to get there. Right. And so I think what pushed me as to do that for me was this idea that because all the other Asians were like doctor, lawyers and engineers, I just wanted to do it to be mm-hmm. a part of like what that sort of like uh representation or that mm-hmm. that idea in my head and so I pursued it at first I, I got into college too um as an aeronautical I I as a freshman I was like an astronautical engineer or something like that whoa yeah I was trying to get into the school girl <laughs> I was trying to scam my way in I was trying to be different I was like there's no girls in this program let me <laughs> let me do that I and respect I assume, that oh yeah I mean you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do no and then um so I got there and my first exam, bitch, I kid you not, the title <laughs> of the exam, it was the midterm, it was rocket science. And I was like, I got a 13 on that exam. Um, oh my God. And I was like, like with the curve, with the curve, like a 13%. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe this isn't the right choice. So then um, I, I was really into coding when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I think because my dad was also like a computer kind of guy. So then um, I really liked it. And I was like, you know what? Let me just try going for computer science. I didn't want to be that bitch. Um, but I guess let's just go for it. And I loved it. And then so I ended up sort of like ended up with computer science nice. and business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where that engineering path came from. Mm-hmm. So you were like majoring in computer science and business or was like one of them was a minor? It was like a joint degree. Okay. So you basically had to take like the core classes for both mm-hmm. uh, pathways. Cause I figured if I took business, maybe I can land a consulting job, which ended <laughs> up happening <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I figured it would be good for the job market. That's where my mm-hmm. mind was at. I think I was yeah. just really focused on like making money back in the day to get myself yeah. out of what I felt like I needed to get out of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say computer science and rapping is like completely different, but what are some similarities and synergies that you see? Like, I, I can't think of anything, but maybe you do because you're in it. That's a great question. Oh, I can, I could write a thesis. Yeah. So there's so many similarities. Like music is math. Mm. Music is literally math. Um, I have no citations for this yet, but in my opinion, what's really, really interesting about hip hop specifically and, you know, I, when I say hip hop, I'm including like, you know, rap and all the other stuff yeah. that comes along is the, the nature of the instrument itself is algorithmic. So what I mean by that is like, you know, like DJs back in the day, they would take a record and then they would like spin it and they would pick a loop, mm-hmm. like the, where it drops and they would replay it over and over and over again. That's kind of, that's pretty algorithmic. I mean, most music you can argue is like somewhat algorithmic, but hip hop specifically is super, super algorithmic. Like the even when rappers and the the cadence that they choose and the and the rhythm that they choose to sit on, like flow, like for example, like Meg the Stallion's flow is like very mm-hmm. a certain style. 
and you got other people's style. It's like algorithmic. It's the same sort of flow that you can recognize in somebody because it's uh, there's a pattern to it. It's yeah. really interesting. So in my opinion, like there's so many overlaps actually between, <laughs> and, I, and I feel like people, this is another rant. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel like people think science, like computer, something like computer science and art are opposites, but I, I actually don't think they're very, very similar in that they, you know, it's very measured. It's very intentional. Um, it's very calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like and time and it's like focused on perfection. Yeah. Whereas the uh, actually what I think is on the other end of the spectrum is business where it's very just focused on time and money. Like time and money are the two most important things about efficiency. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I don't think necessarily like if you're a scientist or an artist, for example, you're not thinking necessarily about efficiency 24 seven, unless it's in the business context. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, I think I answered the question, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think you did. Um, I found this pretty interesting. The reason why I asked this is because, and this is something where like you fit the profile perfectly to ask this since I actually listen to metal and people are like, how do you listen to metal? And you're like this. And I feel like they're very similar because of the whole beats and it seems very repetitive, but I think think they're actually, um, I hope I'm not misspeaking here, but I think it's pretty similar to hip hop for that reason that there's that repetitiveness, there's that beat. And to a certain point, there are synergies for that reason. Right. I mean, I don't know shit about metal. More power (laughs) to you. More power to you. Um, But there have been uh, really cool comparisons made in the past between hip hop Mm -hmm. and metal, just in terms of like how they're, um, besides the emotion of it all, but like a lot of the artists and the style and the rhythm. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's dope. (laughs) <laughs> Did you listen to metal? Who do you listen to? I, I, I just go on Spotify and I just loop random stuff. Like, I don't actually have anyone I particularly listen to religiously. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you just really like the genre a bit. Yeah. That's cool. I, I can't work with music that has actual singing or rapping in. I just do something where there's like some kind of thing in the background. And it helps me concentrate. So that's what's like, there's synergy there. If I'm doing this, if I'm working yeah. for Accenture and listening to metal, like, what is this? <laughs> No, that's, that's that's definitely a way to do it. <laughs> so we know that you have a job as a data engineer and we know that you're a rapper. So how do you actually balance that? Because you're clearly full-time, right? And then you yeah. have rapping. Are you technically full-time or is that part-time for you? No, I'm trying to make it as full-time as I can. Mm-hmm. But I only have like whatever, how many hours in a week. So mm-hmm. I mean, but to, to answer your question, time management... <laughs> Time management, I think, um, but beyond like the operational aspects of it, I think it's like you really got to decide your why Mm. and like your like what one you got to know what you want to do. But ultimately, like you really have to tell yourself, like, why am I doing this? Like, Mm -hmm. is it worth all this effort? Because obviously no one wants to spend 80 hours a week doing something that they don't give a shit about, like Mm -hmm. unless it's you know, to pay the bills and all that other stuff. But in order to really manage it and get through it mentally, not just from like a logistical, I need to allocate this amount of time. Um, you really have to be honest with yourself about what you want, how hard you're willing to work to get there and what you're willing mm-hmm. to sacrifice to get there along the way. And I think if you're wise, so that you know what you're doing and why, that will motivate you 
Mm. Um, a lot more than just being like, okay, I just want to do these two things. You know, the, Mm -hmm. the, the gas has to be there for you to want to move forward um, in the first place. So yeah, that's, that's ultimately what I spent a lot of time thinking about. Like, why do I want to do this? Cause there's, there should just be more Asian American women doing creative shit, letting people know we're out here. (laughs) Um, Obviously not in a problematic way, but you know, in the best way we can and the most honest way we can, which is what art is for. Mm -hmm. And then two, discipline (laughs) like like I can't just be like in an elevated state you know 24 7 I can't do that in this in the studio um I have to make sure that what I'm doing is also healthy for me like I can't just work Mm. myself 20 hours a day like I'll burn out you know yeah so there's a time management aspect and also like making sure you have a good team around you and a support system and that doesn't have to be your family and this is something that you can definitely build but it just takes a lot of work. Oh yeah, yeah. and and work ethic. Like you have to <laughs> that's the basic that's the basic like you can't like the laws of physics like you need energy. You need like labor to go from point yeah. A to point B, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that's it. Yeah, as like a full-time tech consultant, I'm also a content creator on YouTube and podcasting clearly. Like this is what mm-hmm. the podcast is for. And I can clearly tell you definitely need discipline. I think a lot of people I know who are trying to do both at the same time, they're just like, oh, I'm going to just skip on this for now. But that'll focus on my job because I have to appease the bills. But right. if you really care about it, you really should treat it as another job. Right. So I'm actually exactly. kind of curious, but did you ever feel like you should bite the bullet, quit your job and then focus on your music career or the other way around? Oh, interesting. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet because I'm still building the foundations of my yeah. music presence, right? I'm still very early on in that stage, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm spending as much time as I can. But in terms of biting the bullet, I do think there's going to come a point eventually. Like even now, you know, I'm working that typical nine to five and sometimes over because my job is yeah. pretty demanding. Like you're not really, your time isn't your time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so working around that, but also when you get like interview requests, you got to kind of prep for that. And then you, you get like live stream shows, which, you know, and these are good problems to have definitely because it shows that you're growing, like you're active, you're becoming more active as an artist, which is good. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like there's only so much time in a day. And I want, I will eventually want to have that problem. That would be a great problem to have. Um, but I really haven't gotten to that point to be able to be like, Hey, this is how I did it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you though? I feel like you've been doing YouTube for a lot more. How do you find that process? It is not bad because I do everything like a consultant. (laughs) So I do it from like a business mindset. I plan everything ahead of time. I strategically try to plan my time. So I batch everything too. So like, for example, my filming would all be four videos in one weekend. And then I'll just have two weeks, just blank, do whatever I want to do. Because I also have to keep in mind that even though my job is typically nine to five, then I can't do work at night because number one, there's like no sunlight at that time. And then number two, I could be burnt out from work or maybe there's like even calls that I have to do at night. So I like to plan for spontaneity, but also plan to make sure I have that wiggle room. So all my videos on that one weekend, maybe I could push it up one weekend if maybe I have like a birthday party or something like that that weekend. And so it's just like content batching, planning. So I take everything like as a full-time job. So 
the one thing that is a little bit interesting though which i feel like could be different for you i'm not entirely sure is that i can choose when i can do things in terms of like let's say if someone has a call that they want to do in terms of like maybe talk about my job or something like that right, i do right. it at night but let's say for example someone wants to interview you and they say the only times we could do it is during the business hours right. how do you do that like do you do it during the business hours or are you try to negotiate yeah well definitely i try to push back first mm-hmm. if i can but I, again, I haven't come across a scenario where I've really had to sacrifice something okay. because I also have the liberty at work right yeah. now um, because of just the previous amounts of grind and hazing that I've done in the, my first two years <laughs> in consulting. Like I have the ability to be like, hey, can we move this meeting here? Can mm-hmm. we, you know, so I've been I've been, uh, you know, finessing the shits. <laughs> they haven't really been at odds yet, but I know mm-hmm. it will eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. I think that you're right, though, like any sort of planning or organization is definitely instrumental. You can't just be like, oh, this is just what I want to fucking do. Like, no, yeah. you, you have to give yourself a deadline because otherwise. And I don't think it has to be as strict as like business deadlines. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because business deadlines are almost like if you do this, we'll lose money. And in a way, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that, too. Yeah. But I think um, as women already and as dual, almost like two time job people and like one you know for your paying the bills and one for creative you got to be able to like be flexible with yourself and forgive yourself if you Mm -hmm. if you because if you can't do something and it's okay to say no I'm realizing (laughs) um it's okay to say no seriously because otherwise like you're just gonna burn out and become like a Mm -hmm. shell of a human being you know so I don't know yeah yeah I had that issue back in college where I would just like do everything at the same time. And then every almost half of it was like for other people. It wasn't for me. So I knew like after I graduated, okay, I'm going to do so- everything is for me. So if I had to give something up, I, I'll just do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah. Oh my God. College. What were you doing <laughs> in college, Christine? I was actually majoring in business in college and um, I had a work study job. I had internships almost every semester I did a lot of student organizations so and one of them was like a business fraternity so it's like super businessy <laughs> oh I see I see I see yeah. so you so you kind of knew the direction that you wanted to go from jump yeah I didn't that's know awesome. I wanted to do tech at that time but then after I knew I wanted to do tech then I was like okay maybe consulting and then that's where I found Accenture oh that's awesome yeah. oh girl I'm happy for you yeah you <laughs> wor- you sound like you worked your ass off so good for you <laughs> So I actually heard that you were in the 2016 Asian Pacific American Student Assembly Talent Competition. And this was during college, too. So while we're on this topic, how yeah. you won first place? Like, how did how did that feel? How did you do that? Because you were also how studying I- computer science and business at the same <laughs> time, right? So it's... Well, first of all, anyone who knew me in college knows that I was a crazy ass bitch. So that means <laughs> that means like I would like party hard and mm. and work hard and I never slept like. I think I sacrificed my youth. I don't even know how my liver is standing today. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, well, to answer your question, how did I do that? I have no idea how the fuck I did that. Because let me tell you, <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to enter that talent competition Ooh. until, and this is maybe one into something that we're going to get into later, but I was really nervous. I wasn't even sure if I should put myself out there. Mm. And I was like, you know what, Jackie, fuck it. Like, you have this 16, you have this cover, at least do that one thing. Because I didn't have much content to perform. And so I, I put my name in there. I got, I passed the round of auditions because, you know, they auditioned for the set. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I passed. Now I'm just going to practice. <laughs> so like at the library, I would stay up to like 6 a.m. 
just like practicing like every mm-hmm. everywhere I went like when I was on my way to class on my little longboard <laughs> um I would have like the instrumental in my yeah in my headphones at all times and I would just constantly just like practice and then you know in the mirror with a comb and shit <laughs> and I remember that weekend my sister um and her boyfriend were visiting me from Dallas and they came through and she had the camera and I told them I was like hey I actually have a talent competition on Friday or do you guys want to come and they're like, yeah, like, what is it? They, didn't have, they had no idea what I was going to do. And she's like, let me just dress you up because my sister's kind of like a stylist. So she dressed me mm-hmm. up. She did my hair. And I went up there. Dumbfounded was judging. And so was Dan, a.k.a. Dan. So two out of the three judges were rappers. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I went up there. I was nervous as fuck. It was like one of my first times performing. And I just like did it. And it felt really good because I practiced so hard. And then I did it. And then, you know, the everyone was like oh shit my sister caught it on camera then dumbfounded said some really nice things um he was like you know like there's not many asian female rappers doing this mm-hmm. um you should definitely like keep doing it and i was like mm-hmm. and then that was kind of it and then at the end and there were so there were so many cool other people i was the only i think i was the only like female rapper first of all wow um which makes sense i think <laughs> just demographically speaking um and I won first place. I had no idea um, I was going to win first place because there was other like singer songwriters. Really, really good. One dude was playing like five instruments at the same time. But I do think it was in my advantage that two out of the three judges were rappers. Mm-hmm. So and I'm not I'm not saying that I also didn't do a good job or anything like that. But I had no idea I was going to win. Yeah. Like period. Was some of your hesitation because the hip hop industry is mostly male and African-American dominant? Was that why that you feel like you don't deserve a place on the stage? Oh, interesting. No, I don't. I don't necessarily think I don't deserve a a place on the stage either. Or I wasn't. That's not the reason why I was afraid of it. I think it was more so the fear of judgment, Mm. um, which I think is just like women are judged more anyway. And, um, yeah, and I guess partly, like, dang, what is this girl doing? Like, is she trying to, like, be something she's not? Um, is it is it really her? Is it appropriation? Mm-hmm. Is all that other kind of stuff? Because it, it gets – it does get kind of tricky when we talk about, like, the Asian American yeah. community and, like, the Black community here historically, just, like, mm-hmm. the appropriation stuff. So there was uh, that, but I think um, that fear – then I have to confront that fear. And it's like, am mm-hmm. I not, am I not going to do this because I'm afraid of doing it? Mm-hmm. And if I'm afraid of this, then don't do that. Like, if, for example, if people are going to say shit like, Oh, she's appropriating. She's yeah. like being fake. Then whatever I put out there, just don't be fake. Like mm-hmm. really work hard to be intentional with the messages that you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. And then if you're afraid of people judging you, then it's like confront that, like, okay, fuck, why? Like, what will that do for you at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Like fuck, fuck what people think you know Mm -hmm. so so I think there's a lot of elements but (laughs) that is definitely a different conversation about how this it's just a lot Mm -hmm. of dudes a lot of dudes in the hip-hop industry yeah I I don't know why it's initially started I think like you know there's a lot I don't know actually I don't know why they just start off maybe because it started off with dudes Mm -hmm. I think there's also like an an aggression not always there's not always but there's this like sort of Back in the day, you know, I guess when we think about how, where it started and shit, like at the parties, the MCs just always so happen mm-hmm. to be male. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I do think in terms of like success and this idea that like to never give up, mm. I think just culture, like men sometimes, uh, you know, men are cultured to be raised brave. Yeah. Whereas like women are cultured to be raised like perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like if a girl starts off with something like ballet and she sucks at it the first day, right? And she's like more likely to give up because she's mm-hmm. not like immediately good at it. Whereas if, like a dude tried, it's like he's not expected to be perfect maybe so there's less pressure. But mm-hmm. then he keeps trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. Um, and then he gets there eventually. You know what I mean? Like there's not... Yeah. That attitude isn't like um, invested enough in yeah. our women. And I think a lot of the times, and I'm not saying that that's why there's hip hop. I'm just saying generally, <laughs> that's why there's tends to be less female representation mm-hmm. in, in terms of things that like, you're really like trying to perfect your craft and stuff. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, but I have no citations for that. That's just my feeling. <laughs> that's just my feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think now just because of like women empowerment and like, you know, just the movement of where we are in 2021, like we're getting better there's more women in hip-hop now yeah commercially than ever Mm -hmm. which is like dope to see um women also like just make more money than they used to so we have a lot more control over like the the products even music products we invest in um and then yeah like now's the best time to be a woman in Mm hip-hop in my opinion yeah so most people who put themselves out there receive a lot of hate, sometimes even those that are closest to you. How have you worked this out? And have you even gotten any hate? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that anyone puts themselves out there will get hate anyway. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes people are just ass- like assholes. Mm-hmm. Like Donald Trump did himself to the max. If you don't feel like you don't like feel like putting this in there, but like he did him to the max, yeah. but he himself is a dick. So like that's why a lot of people <laughs> like you can. There has to be an element of like obviously putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and like confidence in doing you, while also like recognizing like are you being an asshole? Like, or do you have integrity? Like, are mm-hmm. you honest? Like these kinds of things. And so I understand that. But back to the hate issue, I think that when people see you doing something Mm -hmm. that maybe they feel like they could have done or like whatever, they're they're really just mad at themselves. Yeah. They're really just upset with their own decisions sometimes. And then they're projecting it out. Yeah. They just like project it onto you. And if they, if they see a lot of similarities in them, in themselves and with you, but you're like over here doing shit. Mm -hmm. it's easier to hate you know I feel like that's where the hater attitude comes from Mm -hmm. but how do I deal with it bitch fuck the haters (laughs) suck my dick from the back (laughs) period like yeah it's hard it's easier said than done but you really have to just train yourself to be like is this what I want to do because I really want to do it am I being Mm -hmm. honest with myself am I hurting anybody and the answer is no then like you just have to keep Mm -hmm. at least is what I tell myself like yeah just fuck all that fuck all that you seem like the person who would cut someone out of your life if they were all hate and negativity rather than working it out, right? Oh, interesting. Um, not necessarily. It depends on who the person mm-hmm. is. Okay. Like, and if somebody's being negative, then 
No, there has to be an effort to repair the lid. It depends on who okay. it is. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If it's somebody yeah. you like really know, there has to be an effort to be like, hey, mm-hmm. you're being negative. Because sometimes maybe the person doesn't even know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if it comes like a certain point where they're like dragging you down and you've addressed the situation multiple times and you got to cut mm-hmm. it off. Mm-hmm. You have to like for your own sake. But yeah. I don't know. What do you what do you think about that, Christine? <laughs> I, when I have hate, I'm just, I shut them out and I do whatever I want to do because at the end of the day, it's my life. Like you don't, you have no right to tell me what to do. And the other thing is that I do get negativity from my own family just because they're like, Christine, shouldn't you be focusing on your job? Like my mom said that. And I was like, but you also praise my YouTube channel. I don't understand you. (laughs) She's like so proud of me, but she's like, you should focus more on your job. That's the one that makes you money. And then I start to tell her like, I'm making money. I'm just like, (gasps) so I I like to prove people wrong when it comes to those situations for the negativity. So then it turns it into positivity. Yeah, exactly. That's Mm -hmm. right. That's right. And I get hate from my family too. (laughs) Matter of fact, sometimes it's like the the people that are closest to you that are really the most painful that like really jag the daggers in because then you have to work with it or live Mm -hmm. with it yeah so what are your long and short-term goals with your rapping career Ooh, um short-term goals is i have a project i'm working on a project nice like my first yeah mixtape if you will and that's in the short term i'm trying to drop it by uh early summer late spring Mm -hmm. and then long term i really 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 want to make um almost like a stamp on the Mm. culture somehow and that takes like a pretty widely known like people have to hear my music but I want to stamp on the culture being like this is a sound um this was a presence this was I don't know a perspective brought to Mm -hmm. us by this young shawty from Dallas Texas (laughs) (laughs) this young Asian girl from Dallas Texas um Mm -hmm. And be able to say, like, yeah, that's what she brought to the table. Mm -hmm. And it be a part of American culture. I think that'd be cool. So if you could control anything about that, like, what would you want to be known for in the music industry? Ooh, I haven't thought about that. Okay. I want to be remembered uh, for the differences, almost like the uniqueness Mm. that I bring to the table. Like, my uniqueness. Meaning... uh, Oof. It, it's, I think it has something to do with, uh, like, the Asian being from the South mm-hmm. um, and then, like, being an American here. That's my uniqueness, my originality, my creativity that hasn't been seen before because of the things that make me who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess basically I want to be known for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that narcissistic? I don't know. (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Especially in like the creative industry, like you can't be doing someone else. You have to do yourself. So do you actually draw a lot of your inspiration for your music from your personal experiences or maybe observations or even some parodies? Great question. No, I, inspirations, you mean um, style wise, or I guess. Anything uh, could be like the the actual content, the lyrics, the actual song itself, maybe? Yeah, uh, definitely. The content of the music itself is definitely from my own experiences mm-hmm. um, and my own feeling towards those experiences. And then I, th- I think the style is really for my musical inspirations, mm-hmm. um, growing up around where my musical environment, mm-hmm. uh, which is Southern music, Erykah Badu, 
um, t- a lot of T-Pain, mm-hmm. a lot of Lil John, even, uh, Missy Elliott, like uh, UGK, mm-hmm. um, Southern folks. And then, um, yeah, like a good example of, of something that came from a real life experience was even Jackie Fate Ventures, mm-hmm. which is out everywhere. Y'all check it out, stream that shit, run it up. Um, and like one of my roommates actually stole my TV. And that's why in the song it goes, bitch, you stole my TV. You was mad. <laughs> you was trying to see me, but I ain't fucking with some snitch bum bitch. Fuka, who can-. And so yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's like a direct, but that experience for me was kind of like painful a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, cause somebody stole my fucking TV. So <laughs> But it's cool because music, you're able to convert that into something that's positive. Like you're, yeah. you're converting that experience. Um, and it doesn't have to be pain. It could be happiness. Mm-hmm. But you're converting it into something that is positive and therapeutic for you as an artist, but then connects to somebody else as mm-hmm. a listener. And then just so fucking cool. Like mm-hmm. that's the coolest part about music. So I think that's, um, yeah, it's uh, my music for me is definitely going to be just to wrap this up. Yeah. My music is definitely uh, a method for me to convert my life experiences and mm-hmm. most of the time, like painful life experiences into something that is therapeutic for me to go through in the process of making music, but also like really uh, kind of scary to share in this vulnerable aspect of like how I truly mm-hmm. feel and stuff with the world. Yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like a lot of people in the music industry, actually, because they pour themselves into their music, if someone doesn't like your song, do you feel that is like an attack to yourself or just to your craft? Uh, that's a really good question, because I feel like a lot of artists or even any creative like struggles with that. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm going to cop what one of my mentors has said to me in the past, but it's yeah, for sure. It's definitely a very vulnerable thing because mm-hmm you're putting like your vo- how you really feel yeah. into something for somebody else to share. And if they judge it, it's, it's a very personal thing. But I think as an artist, you're, you wouldn't want to put it out there if you didn't want people to listen to it. Right. Yeah. Otherwise you could just make music and have nobody listen to it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I'm of the mindset that if somebody listens to it, they don't like it and they don't fucking like it. Like mm-hmm. it's just not for them. They might not connect with it. They just don't connect with it. Mm-hmm. They don't connect with it. They don't relate to it. And that's fine. That's dope. But if I'm going to put out music out there, and this is what my mentor told me, then I have to really like it. Mm. Um, so I've been trying to go there. Like, I don't know if I really have a full on answer um, for my own like experience necessarily. But yeah. so far, I've been putting out music that I like. And I like it. So I want other people to listen to it. And if they like it, dope. If they mm-hmm. don't, keep it pushing. But yeah. what you don't have to do is come in my DM like, bitch, I fucking hate this is fucking trash. Like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, you're fu-, like, anyway. Mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. Because like a lot of people I know that are in the creative industry, not just the music industry, they, they feel attacked sometimes. And it's hard for them to move on or even try to make it bigger than it is already. But it looks like you have a pretty good head on your shoulders for this. <laughs> well, thank you, I guess. You know, I keep it, I keep it bobbling. But yeah, the, I think it is definitely difficult, though. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Again, like the ad- it's almost like with your haters. Yeah. Like the attitude of just being like, not give a fuck is way easier said than mm-hmm. done. It takes effort and it takes labor to constantly like reassure yourself 
um, or not even reassure yourself, but like get yourself in the mindset of being like, I like it. Yeah. And that takes confidence. That takes like effort in building that confidence. Be like, I like it. It doesn't matter if anyone else doesn't mm-hmm. like it, but I'm putting it out there so that I can connect to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to tie this back into having a full-time job because I'm curious if you are trying to work on a song, but it's not exactly the way you like it and you just keep on tweaking it, but you have a deadline and you have a job, like have, have you had stories where you're trying to do both at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what I was talking about with your all the time in the world question. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I could spend literally all the time in the world tweaking shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are you tweaking? Oh, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so it depends. <laughs> Such a <laughs> shitty answer, but it's true. It depends. It depends on the song. It depends on what's like riding on the deliverable of that song. Yeah. Well. Like if it's a, if it's a feature for somebody else, mm-hmm. then somebody else is counting on you to finish it so that they can mm-hmm. do their shit. So that's, that's a little different. Okay. And I think you have to respect that. And if it's for yourself, it's also like, how much because the more time you spend on something like anything else the more expensive it is mm-hmm. like it's studio time it's time it's like actual labor time so you ha- always have to consider that and it's also like is it worth you basically have to make like a cost benefit analysis kind of yeah. situation it's like a business it really is a business decision like mm-hmm. is the amount of effort that I want to put into this to get it to a point where it's like a complete enough product, if you will, for mm-hmm. me to put out there is the amount of labor that it's going to take to finish that idea mm-hmm. worth what it's going to cost. Like, and the cost could be like money, time, or like relationships sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like if it's a feature for somebody. And if the answer is yes, it's worth it, then yeah, finish it, but finish it, like give your, like set a timeline. Like this is yep. what I need to do. Like a little project plan. Like this <laughs> is what I need to do to get it done. And this is what I want. And I'm, Mm -hmm. that is the bare minimum for me to put it out. And that's, you know, give them a date. Mm -hmm. But if you don't even know what the fuck you want and you don't even know what, how to finish the idea, then I would say just like cut it off and come back to it later. Mm -hmm. Like it's not that serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I always felt like um, probably at this point, you won't have that many strict deadlines because you don't have that many stakeholders just like yelling at you. But at this point, this is probably the time where you're playing in the sandbox and I don't know. Do you have any deadlines or those are deadlines you set on yourself? These are mostly deadlines I set for myself. Cause again, okay. like I want to grow the foundation. If I don't do these things, like I'll just stay stagnant, yeah. you know? Um, but you're right. I am in the sandbox. I'm playing with different sounds, even like from a musical mm-hmm. standpoint, I'm playing with how my voice sounds over a guitar versus like a piano versus mm-hmm. over a more trappy beat versus like a more Eric Badu beat. And I'm really playing with, um, my craft, Mm -hmm. which I would just like to go on another rant really quick. Yeah. I feel like a lot of artists lose sight. It's really easy to get lost in the sauce of the business aspect of things as an artist because you have deadlines to meet and because you have money to make. Mm -hmm. Um, But we got to, there has to be some level, especially as an artist where you're focusing on the growth of your craft. And that to me is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to sacrifice like that growth process or the effort that it takes to get to where I want to be as an artist um, for, you know, any amount of like businessy shit. Mm -hmm. That's what's most important to me. Mm -hmm. 
So your focus right now is to perfect your craft and then eventually, yeah. okay. Right. I mean, uh, work on them in parallel as much as possible. Yeah. But if, if, if it ever comes to a point where I'm compromising my growth as an artist, mm-hmm. like I'm going to put this on pause so that I can get to where I want to go as an artist. That mm-hmm. to me is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And also I feel like the, the most significant thing I can give back to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a little, like a lot of stories that I'm hearing from you in the music industry, but I do also want to talk about the fact that you're also a woman. So you're in tech, you're in the hip hop industry, and in both situations, it is male dominated. How, yeah. like, what were some challenges that you faced as a woman, like either professionally or personally? Yeah. Um, beyond the judgment, it's the taking you seriously. Mm. It's the ego of like, of I'm, I need to be in charge. Um, in the music industry, particularly, it's sometimes like the, the sexualness mm. or like the just like the here. I just want to work with you so we can slide instead of like taking me serious as an yeah. artist and being like, let's work together. Um, I think shit is getting better, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more work to be done. Um, and even like the type of music we listen to for music is at least there's more women doing it now. Yeah. But I think like um, just more commercial investment in like people that aren't doing like the mainstream like trap hip hop rap, which mm-hmm. is dope, like Megan Cardi and them, um, mm-hmm. versus like uh, Rhapsody or like Tierra Whack. And in tech, it's like the same shit. It's like the mm-hmm. ego. It's the ego. It's not taking you seriously. It's a patronizing tone. It's also the interruptions. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's kind of the same thing. Um, actually, it's just men being <laughs> men. Being uh, men. Yeah, you know it's um, you know. Do you know what I'm talking about though? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's that same kind of thing. But I think as a, you can't give up, and you we can't as women. I don't think we can afford to be stagnant either because mm-hmm. if we don't put in the labor to change things, we're just stuck in the same ass position. Yeah. You know, like then there's no use in talking about it because we're not doing anything to change it. So mm-hmm. it it's kind of a shitty reality and it's like pretty anger inducing mm-hmm. oftentimes. Um, and I feel this, like, sometimes I get this like rage of just like, this is such bullshit. <laughs> um, but then I think therapeutically sort of working through that through music, especially for me, I mean, anyone can have any sort of outlet mm-hmm. um, drawing or painting. I think working through that rage is really helpful because there's still so much work to be done, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do have this follow-up question. As part of the LGBT community, did you Mm -hmm. feel specific challenges on that for being in tech or the hip-hop industry? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, This is just my experience, though. Okay. Because I'm sure there are plenty of gay people, lesbians out there. Um, But in tech... I guess it's, it's, it's difficult because at the end of the day, like what I'm portraying to the world, my my external identity, what people see first is the fact that I'm mm-hmm. an Asian woman, mm-hmm. not the fact that I'm gay. Because unless yeah. I'm like presenting anything sort of, it's like an internal to external thing, like yeah. the, the queerness, whereas like the racial gender thing is like a very external to internal kind of thing. Yeah. But when I do talk about it, I would say in the hip hop industry, um, I don't know. It it almost like 
it's the assumption that it decreases like your appeal to the wider audience, mm. maybe, or um, the relevance, perhaps. Um, I'm not really sure. But I do know like the getting hit on thing and me being like, no, I'm gay. And then um, people still be like, oh, like you want to do like a, you know, like a, Ugh. yeah, it's uh, like a, like a, like a three-way type situation. <laughs> like on the phone, the fuck are you talking about right now, bro? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a sexualization aspect. Mm-hmm. And I will say the, it, it, I'm even more sexualized and I'm, I'm comfortable. Like I, I'm down if I, if that's my intention to be like sexualized mm-hmm. in a certain way, but as an Asian woman specifically, I'm, spe- I'm, and even as a gay, like when you add yeah. in all that, I'm sexualized in a very, very specific way mm-hmm. that I really hate sometimes, but it's something that I can't control because Asian yeah. women are just sexualized as this like, like, I don't know, like submissive creature thing. And I can't, I can't, I can't, um, that's if anything, the most frustrating thing mm-hmm. that I just, like, I get it, but it's just like, not, not now. I don't want, I don't want that all the time. And I feel yeah. like I do get that. Um, yeah more than I want to. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what are some pitfalls you notice women do and have you, what have you done to get out of it? Pitfalls that women do like, um, what do you, what do you mean by pitfall? I guess like just any. Like either in the workplace or personally on a general spectrum, like for some reason, some women don't like to speak up. They feel like they don't deserve a place on the table. Like okay. if you had anything similar to that, yeah. I mean, we all make mistakes. Like there are times when even like um, I would deliberately not speak up because I mm-hmm. almost like felt like subconsciously it was like, this is not my place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to recognize what you're up against and then to deliberately go against them again out of and this might not be available for everybody, yeah. but deliberately going against what you know was like that perception of you, I think is good. Um, it takes practice, though, and it does take courage but I believe everyone can do it. Um, and I think something else is that more importantly, because we can't control how men are going to treat us at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like we can only speak from our experience, but what is really important and what I feel like we can control is how we build relationships with other women, um, any women, mm-hmm. women, particularly because women always say that we're like for each other and like supportive like you know women because we all understand the plight but when it comes to like putting that into actions I feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes we fall short which I understand and I empathize with the reason because we're all kind of set up to hate each other yeah um but really like putting that into action and like actually supporting women um lifting uplifting women particularly women of color um like actually been like, hey, how is everything going today? Like converting your actual, like, let's support women into action. Mm-hmm. And what I find is, especially in the corporate workplace, because of just how doggy dog it can be sometimes, you'll have women say that they support women mm-hmm. and expect support from other women just so they can be at the top, mm-hmm. you know? And that, like, that's yeah. not actually supporting women. You're actually yeah. just being a fucking man, <laughs> but you're a woman. So you expect support, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I think we should really acknowledge what what work we have to do just amongst each other as women, mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable to, like, lift each other up because we're not used to it mm-hmm. as much, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you can. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Girl. 
So out of everything, like what are some strong female role models that you look up to? Ooh, uh, my aunt, Mm. my grandmother, they were both like, they're both G's like straight up. My aunt is like a a single mom. Mm. And I mean, my mom also um, single mom. So just seeing like what they have to do and get done at the end of the day for the sake of their kids is pretty inspiring. Mm -hmm. And like really not letting any perception of the world like guide what they know they have to do. Yeah. You know, Um, so that's pretty inspiring. Um, Musically, like right now, honestly, it's always been Erykah Badu, Missy Elliott, all those folks. (laughs) Nikki. Uh, Right now, Meg Thee Stallion, though, she's killing it. And so I'm really I'm really I really like the way she's like. Mm, she's different and she is different. She's literally like 5'10", mm. like they, from, you know, and I really like the way she's like owning her difference and her uniqueness mm-hmm. um, and still being a woman and being powerful doing all that shit. But just yeah. probably Solange too. Solange is crazy. She directs her own videos. Wow. And have you seen her music videos? They're nuts. She no. directs them. She does the music for them. It's crazy from a business standpoint and career standpoint. I really like to to follow Solange's path. Like she, she also created her own path in terms of being like a director, artist, Mm -hmm. all this other kind of stuff. So yeah, those are the, those are the women. So what would make it the dream collaboration? Like what, what is my dream collaboration? Yeah. With with any of those female role models, if you had to. Uh, probably Solange. That would be Mm. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I I had a feeling from the way you were talking about her. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Erica Badu's up there. Um, just no. Nah, so, but Solange, like the Solange is, um, musically maybe Eric Badu, but Solange, mm-hmm. like her visual projects are just insane. So mm-hmm. that would be, oh my God. I don't know what I would do if she hit me up. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look her up because I don't, I don't even know how her videos look like, but now I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Check them out. They're really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to close off this podcast episode, but before we do that, can you tell us about your newest single? Yes, ma'am. So it's Jackie Faye Adventures featuring Chow Main. Shout out to him. Shout out to the Bay. Um, and it's out everywhere right now. There's going to be some cool stuff coming out for it soon, but check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Um, it's inspired from the 2000 cartoon, mm-hmm. Jackie Chan Adventures. So I hope you guys really like it. I watched that show. <laughs> it was lit. Yeah. So yeah, like the, the chorus was like, you won't go go fi detail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's in the song. That's in the song. Yeah. So if you guys watch that show, you'll really, I think you'll really like the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, like my boyfriend and I, we were listening to that and we were like, that was the part we liked the most, the Umai Gwai Gwai Friday Town. It's just so catchy the way you did it too. I was like, oh, well, that was good. Oh, oh well, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be a rapper. You know? <laughs> All right. So what is on the horizon for you in 2021? Yeah, so... A lot more live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, keep that coming. I'll post tickets. I'll be doing a lot more um, live performances. And then I have a mixtape dropping um, end of spring. It's going to be mm-hmm. called Drip Tape. So mm-hmm. check that out. And yeah, that's about it. So where do we find out about these live streams? Do you have like a website or is this somewhere else? Oh, yeah. Follow me at, uh, at Got Jackie, like Got Milk. Uh, Got Jackie. And I'll be posting all the updates there, where I'll be, what I'll be doing. Um, keep up with me. Keep up with me on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So Instagram is primarily where you have everything. Right. Okay. And maybe TikTok. (laughs) Follow me on TikTok. (laughs) Okay. So what can we do to support you then? Oh, just check out, please check out my music. Um, Keep up to date with me uh, at God Jackie. Check out, I have a music video out, um, Mm -hmm. a live stream production out which shout out to the Dallas team. Um, I had produced, my sister had directed and a close wow. homie, right. Um, had a shot for us. And so please check that out. It was really, it was really a wonderful live production mm-hmm. and yeah, just check out all my music and let me know how you feel. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. I learned actually a lot in this episode. I did not expect to have a lot of the conversations that we had and it was really interesting. <laughs> so I, hopefully everyone who's listening will think the same, but Uh, For one last thing is, do you have any final words? Stay sane, everybody. (laughs) These are some rough fucking times, so I hope you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And all of her social media handles are down below. So definitely follow her and also check out her single. And also wait for Drip Tape because I'm I'm definitely waiting for that. (laughs) Hey, I appreciate it. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Thank you.